want you to listen. Then what? Share it. The Melbourne Youth and Social Workers Group and the Knowledge on Tick podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Boonarong and Wurundjeri people, their elders past and present. We would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the land, her children and our families. We would like all of us to show respect for each other, Mother Nature and the creatures on the land and the sea. Hey everyone, the Melbourne Youth and Social Work Facebook group would like to welcome you to the Knowledge on Tick podcast. We are Josh and Nat and we will be your co-hosts for the potty. Knowledge on Tick is a podcast offering real-life conversations and insights every week with workers in the field covering a range of topics surrounding the youth and social work world. We are so grateful to have you here and happy listening. to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. Before we get started today, we wanted to have a quick chat about Project Rocket. Today we'll be joined by the lovely Jade from Project Rocket. Project Rocket is an Australian youth-driven movement against bullying, hate and prejudice. The Project Rocket team delivers in-school workshops right across Australia, supporting young people to stand up and find their voice. One of the things that I like about Project Rocket is the content and interactive social media platforms that they have, including Trivia Tuesdays, hot tips on a range of subjects and youth-friendly resources. If you want to check them out, you can find them at www.projectrocket.com.au or on any socials with the handle Project Rocket. Cheers, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. I am Josh. And I'm Nat. And this week we're joined by Jade. Hi, my name is Jade. I'm the team coordinator at Project Rocket, uh, which means that every day I get to go out to schools and see students and speak to them about anti-cyberbullying and leadership and all that fun stuff. And I also get to do that online as well. So basically I have the best job ever. (laughs) I love it. I will say that. (laughs) Such a positive outlook on it. I was actually wondering... So I was stalking their Instagram today mm-hmm. and I saw some, I actually laughed when I saw you because I was like, oh, I was just looking at a picture of you. Um, but yeah, I was going to ask you about the virtual stuff, but we can get into that a little bit with COVID and how that impacted. And, yep. Yeah. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, well, we start all of our podcasts off with five questions. Yep. So the first one is, what was your first ever job? My first ever job was a sales assistant at Priceline, um, good old Priceline. I was there for a fair few years and then I left to study in America. So yeah, pretty good job. I also love that too. Also the best job ever for a while, so. I think working at Priceline would be cool, but I like that you just slipped in there that you moved to America to study. Did I do that subtly enough? Yeah. Where where did you study in America? I studied in Chico, California. So really North California, um, which was an amazing little area. I always say little, it's not that little, but um, it was incredible. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Actually, the reason I got so excited then was I was reading something earlier about a, um, on social media about a, a girl that went over to study in the States and do uni over there. And I was like, oh, I've never really thought of it like that because of course we can go to the states and, and study but yeah yeah how long were you there for i did six months unfortunately i couldn't afford a year um sure. that's what happens but yeah no six months over there and it was incredible yeah that's really cool is that part of california i'm going to just like ask the classic questions is that like similar to the vibe that you would see on the oc like is it that kind of you near the beach or not at all um no so yeah we're like it was like above you know san francisco sacramento so um oh like a horticultural kind of town bit so um 
yeah, a lot of countryside, a lot of hikes, amazing places oh, cool. and things like that. So I did go down to LA a little bit though in those kind of areas, but um, definitely wasn't living on the beach. Yeah. On okay. Santa Monica Boulevard. No, but I did go there and walk along it and yeah. sung all the songs that are related to it and it yeah. was great. <laughs> That's all you need to do, right? Exactly. Just the tokenistic stuff. Awesome. Um, the next one is if you were a WWE wrestler, what would be your walkout song? This is actually a great uh, question because at Project Rocket, we actually do a thing called show and tell, which is we tell like a five minute little skit about ourselves. And my story that I told to hundreds and thousands of students, even though I was always so embarrassed about it, was the fact that I met John Cena when I was a kid. I was a huge WWE fan. Um, I had all the merch. I had all the exciting stuff. And yeah, I got to meet John Cena and it was pretty incredible. I took a photo with him. My dad jumped in and uh, ruined the photo. So he got photoshopped (laughs) out pretty quickly. And um, that's the photo I show to so many students, even though it's completely embarrassing. So I feel like I'm going to have to say the John Cena theme song just purely for that reason. Yeah. Is that, what is the John Cena theme song? Is it, has he got his own piece of music that he comes out to? Mm -hmm. He sure does. He like raps and sings and I probably still know it word by word. I'm not going to lie. I was listening to it in the car uh, before I got here. It's like a little amp up. Um, But I'm going to spare everyone listening and not sing it for you. But I'm going to pick that for that reason. Yeah. I just thought then I was like, I could look it up, but then we'll probably get like copyright issues. (laughs) That's true. I love that. I read it and I don't know if it's true. It's probably true, but that John Cena has fulfilled more uh, Make-A-Wish wishes than any other celebrity like he's done i think was it two or four hundred like fulfilled two or four hundred wishes yeah wow that's cool yeah pretty cool and yeah. he seems like a nice guy sure he'd do that yeah, yeah. i love when he sh- um, like pops up in movies as like a guest <laughs> appearance mm. i always like that well he's in that movie with rose byrne where he plays the dad it's a uh, parent parenthood or something where he's the dad mm-hmm. you, you've probably yeah, seen all of the his prom movies one the, something like that yeah, yeah but he's like a real like softy yeah yeah can't handle like that his kids growing up he's crying all the time and meanwhile he's like six whatever just absolutely jacked yeah which is like crying all the time and i never realized how huge he was the big man yeah from massive well yeah you met him yeah, right? massive. That been like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was sitting on a seat the entire time and even standing next to him i was like your arm is the size of like my entire body. Like you're huge, (laughs) very intimidating. And that's probably why I'm standing like, you know, five feet away from him and like really nervous in the photo. Um, But he's very lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really lovely to hear. I like when people meet celebrities and they're like, they're genuinely just authentic people. I Mm. really like that. Yeah. Uh, If you had to change careers, what would you do? Oh goodness. Um, I think I'm in the realm of what I want to do. So working with young people has always been a goal of mine. Um, I'm going to give you two really random answers. One that's more practical and one that's like, I'll never do it. Um, One of them is I do want to work in youth corrections and work with um, young people that have been in the system. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And then my second one would be a YouTuber. I just like they have such cool lives. I watch so much YouTube, but I just, I could not do it. But it would be incredible. And I'm sure I would make a lot of content, but... Yeah, that would be my like random job if I could have any job in the world. You're right, because it does seem when, when people do vlogs of their day, it just seems like they're just chilling. Went down, you know, at like seven, mm. did a workout, went and got like a matcha smoothie bowl. Like it just <laughs> seems really chill. And I'm at my desk like <laughs> writing notes. So yeah, that would be cool. I love it. Relax lifestyle. Um, I realise that's me. Sorry, we switched it up and I'm getting confused now. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Dodgy, Josh. <laughs> Can you tell us about a time at work that you've made a mistake and what you learnt from it? Oh, 
when wasn't it? No, I'm kidding. Um, I think, yeah, I can't think of any massive mistakes that I've ever made, but I would say there's just lots of little things um, that you always turn back on and you're like, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Or, um, and I think in particular in my role as like presenting in schools, I think there's always times where there's been a student that's maybe challenged me or they've come out with something that I just did not expect to hear from someone. And your responses are always something that I'm like, Oh, I need to work on that for next time. Um, which one of the great parts is that makes our job so real because yeah. we are caught off guard and we do have those moments. But yeah, definitely things like that. It just they, you know, I always look back on them and wish I'd changed it. The only other one I would say um, is when I worked at Priceline and I used to tell everyone to use coconut oil as a makeup remover um, <laughs> until a lady came in and she wasn't very happy and thought that that didn't work. So um, I learnt my lesson that day to not tell anyone about my secrets. So yeah. yeah, that was probably one of the other ones where I was like, oh no. I still think about it to this day, however many years ago. Why did I tell that lady that? Yeah, because sometimes there's just, oh, I guess what we would categorise as the Karens of the world now. Yes. the new yeah. hot topic. But there's always one that comes back. Oh, yeah. She came in hot too and I was like, oh, this is <laughs> my boss. for me. Yeah, and my boss was like, you need to not tell people that. I'm like, but it's so, I'm like, whatever. I'm okay. like, mm, didn't work for her. It's fine. Mm, it's fine. But, you know, I still stand by it. <laughs> I do that. So I stand by it. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You should use some coconut oil on your face. I do use coconut oil. There you go. Mm. After I after I after I shave my head, mm. yeah, it's what I use. And I, I've been using it. Uh, I used it. Um, I got a tattoo recently. And I used it uh, the whole time through the healing process. Yeah, mm. where because obviously, the panthen and pawpaw and those sort of things are common. Mm. But I thought I'd give coconut oil a go. It was fine. Mm. It's a good one. I've used it for one of mine too. Yeah, mm. yeah, loved it. Yeah, it's natural. Why not? Mm. I always use coconut oil. Yeah. It's that lady's problem. Yeah, fuck that lady. You're listening. <laughs> I love that. This is um, my first coffee for the day, so I'm a bit hyped. What? Sorry, guys. Oof. Yeah. It's not 6 a.m. now. I'm confused. I know. <laughs> uh, all right. So what are your self-care strategies and do you think that you implement them well? Hmm. I don't implement them as well as I should. Um, I get told that a lot, but... I think there's just lots of different things that I do. I think the most important one is taking time for myself. I'm someone that's like majority and extrovert, but those like introvert parts of me are very strong. So um, I think taking time for myself is something that I'm trying to do a lot more. And especially this year, realizing that, you know, I don't need to be out every weekend and seeing people and I can just sit at home, read my book, watch a movie. Uh, That's one of the main things that I've been trying to do. And yeah, just eating healthy, drinking lots of water that always helps Mm. um but yeah I think and also just talking about things I'm a big talker as you'll find out in this podcast Mm. love a chat um but talking about things and learning who to talk to when to talk to and also just reaching out for help when I need it that's been a huge thing I've learned over the last few years is that's okay to ask someone for help it's okay to go to doctors it's okay to see people Mm. um and that's been just a huge step so working on it every day it's a a journey that it will have for life but you know always working on it I really like that and like I said earlier these are a new set of questions and this is one that Josh and I sort of spoke about um, a bit when we were coming up with the new questions because mm. I think everybody has self-care strategies but mm. do we implement them well and I don't or mm. like consistently <laughs> implement my own but I'm, I'm willing to preach it to everybody else so I think and I think everybody that we've asked that question to has acknowledged that maybe I don't hit them up, but I continuously try. And if that doesn't work, I try something else. And I think that's a really good message for 
people that are like new to the field or still trying to figure shit out like that's okay it's you know even you know the self-care strategies that might work well for you now might not work for you in five years or might not work for you at a certain time of the day you know so I think it's all about a learning process I really like that everybody's acknowledged that in their answer <laughs> yeah and it's so it's so true like and I, I like that I you know we're sitting face to face and 1.5 meters apart of course um, <laughs> but I could see are, in your face that <laughs> joke that we are I could see that you hesitated for a second to admit that you don't implement them well. And don't get me wrong, like Nat's admitted that she doesn't always get them right and I absolutely don't always get them right. But I love that you hesitated for a second and admitted it because I think that's what people, you know, I feel like that that's what people need to hear. Mm. It's like we talk about well-being so much in the community services space and I think it's kind of like, like I've, I don't know, this is a crappy analogy, but kind of like Instagram where it appears that everything's yeah. great. So we're like, oh, yeah, my well-being strategy is like go to the gym, eat healthy food. And it's like, but you don't always do that. And it's okay for people to hear that you don't always do that. And the more that people admit, whether it be over the lunch table or on a podcast, mm. that you don't always hit the mark, mm. it allows you to be a little bit more forgiving. But also I kick up the butt that we're all actively trying to improve mm. those strategies and use them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mm. think it's hard for but it's a hard thing, I think, for people, probably something that people internalise a lot. So even being able to, and another point that you made around, you know, seeking help and it's okay to ask for help and those sorts of things. I think that's probably a key message for us through all of our podcasts is, you know, the bravest thing about reaching out for help. That's the bravest thing. It's not, mm. doesn't make you weak or whatever else. I think that's probably a message you've tried to champion through this is make sure you are asking for help and it's doesn't deplete your character in the slightest. Yeah. It actually makes you a better person, a better worker, professionally and personally. Mm. Project Rocket. Yeah. Mm. What is that? So Project Rocket is Australia's youth-driven movement against bullying, hate and prejudice. So, uh, as I said, it's pretty damn cool. Um, I have the best job ever. And it's basically just a movement of young people that was started by Lucy and Rosie, who are my two CEOs and just great friends as well. I'm very lucky to have the kind of bosses that will chat to me on Instagram and hang out and just be really cool people as well. Mm. Um, they really just decided that they didn't want to see people getting bullied anymore and the world was not great. And so they just kind of, I would almost say fell into making an organization. They always say they never intended to do it. And now it's Australia's like leading yeah. um, organization against bullying, hate and prejudice. And yeah, so originally it started out as workshops. So we'd go to schools, we'd do what we call face-to-face -face workshops and we'd run sort of 60, 75 or 90 minute workshops with students um, based on all different things. They also have a few building blocks in them about leadership and anti-cyberbullying, bullying. bullying um, also prejudice is a really big one that we talk about in schools. And yeah, we, they've been doing that since I think about 2006. And then obviously this year was very different. Um, yeah. Schools shut down. We couldn't go to schools. And um, it was actually my first year as team coordinator this year as well. Oh, so wow. I started last year as a presenter and then moved into team coordinator this year. And then within a couple of months, my role didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, we just didn't have a team to lead. We didn't have schools to go to. And it was a really scary time. But I work with just the most incredible people. And we managed to rally together eight webinars wow. to deliver to schools. So been doing that all year now just chatting to students online um, seeing my face way too often um, <laughs> it's terrible uh, every time I see myself I pretty much mute it because I'm like oh, who are you who is this human um, but it's yeah it's incredible and 
you know, I miss being with students. I cannot wait to get back into schools, but being able to see the same kind of comments and change and just sort of, even we do them in four parts as well. We can do them individually and in four parts. And by the time we get to the last webinar with a group, just their comments and suggestions and ideas and these amazing big projects that they come up with, it's, it's incredible. Mm. It's amazing. Young people really do not get enough credit. Mm. <laughs> no, they don't. That's true. And I personally take my hat off to you because I hate public <laughs> speaking, but I would much rather public like present publicly to a room of 100 professionals than high school students. Mm. I've done, I reckon, about five school presentations in, in my time as an AOD worker and I fucking hate it. Students are the scariest <laughs> people I've ever had to be in front of. It's the most anxiety-provoking thing for me in an auditorium of students. And particularly, like, you know, talking about drug and alcohol is always a bit like, hee, 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 drugs, um, to students. And they, they throw in the comments and they're... <laughs> There's just something really special about people that can do that with students in, in large groups. So I take my hat off to you for that. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I think it would be super challenging. Uh, I just had a thought because I thought if you think that's hard, imagine if you had to do like the sex ed ones. Oh, like that would be I super... think I'd prefer that. Oh, would you? <laughs> yeah, nah, I think so. So, because I thought, uh, and obviously I'm mistaken, but that Project Rocket focused solely on online bullying and cyberbullying and things, but from what I'm understanding is that it's it's gene- like a, like gen- generally covering bullying and prejudice and things, but there's sections that cover the online space as well. Is that right? Yeah, so we, um, with the different workshops that we have, there are ones that are solely based on cyberbullying, both in primary school and high school. So we do from as young as grade three to as old as year 11 and 12 often. Um, then we have ones that are solely based on face-to-face bullying. We have ones that are solely based on leadership and taking social action. And then there is one that we focus on stereotypes in schools, judgment. Um, we focus a lot on kind of name calling, the things that students get, the things that we don't talk about in schools, like race as well is a huge one that we do have big conversations with students about. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just kind of cover all bases at the moment. It did start originally as just an anti-bullying um, organization, but obviously the online world came in hot and strong real fast so they um adapted our content for that and then obviously we'd think that social action and leadership you know comes hand in hand to that as well because it really is a social action and it takes a lot of leadership to actually stand up in a moment and you know stand up for what you believe in and stand up against bullying and cyberbullying so Mm. and i like that it's got the cyberbullying content because i think i think about when i was in high school there's Mm. definitely people being bullied like that happens that's happened for years but Often something I think about now is the social media platforms that we have now. I think, you know, it was fucking MySpace in my, my years. But <laughs> MySpace. Facebook, MySpace. I don't think anyone really uses MySpace anymore, but <laughs> yeah. it's still there. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Like there's so many online platforms mm. where young people don't get to disconnect as well, I guess, mm. or as much as they used to. You know, I think of dial-up internet and all that sort of stuff. It's everybody's at your fingertips now. And if that can sort of follow you throughout your whole day, it's not like, oh, I'm leaving school now. The bully's gone home. I'm mm. in my own home in my safe place. You're, you're not. You might not be safe 24 hours a day because you've got access to your phone and social media. So I really like that that's included because I think it's often for, not forgotten, but it's just coupled in with bullying. And I feel like bullying face-to-face and cyberbullying can be differentiated. Yeah, definitely. And I think the way... Um, I'm not going to say this anywhere near as well as they say it, but the way they look at it is like online bullying is just face-to-face bullying that's moved online. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, 
a next step into it. And it's something that I think begun as that and now has continued to just a whole issue in itself. It like mm. can go hand in hand with face-to-face -face bullying. It can be separately on its own. Um, and I think just having access to so many more people than maybe the 20 people in your classroom just makes it that so much harder to tackle. Mm. So it's, um, it's something that I love learning about. And when you're reeling off all of these social media things, it makes me laugh because I started as a presenter last year in January and within that year, I'd learned about like 10 other platforms I didn't know exist. Yeah. And then by the time I got to the end of the year, I found out really quickly that Facebook is not cool anymore. No. And I thought Facebook was just like the bee's knees. Yeah. And then slowly I found out that it's like the parents app now. Yeah, and like okay. only old people have Facebook. So uh, students kept telling me. Um, so that kind of became a really shock to my system that I was like, am I old? Like I'm just, I'm not old, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, and it's so hard to keep up. And the thing that we're finding now is that with these social media platforms that are, you know, like TikTok, for example, that started out so small mm. and has now rapidly grown, I think bigger than even the creators thought it would. Mm. They just don't have these strategies in place yet. They don't have the things and the safety precautions that Facebook and Instagram and all these companies that have had years to grow their businesses they don't have that. Mm. So it's finding these strategies that if the social media platform doesn't have them readily available, how do we teach young people then? And even adults as well, because yeah. unfortunately I love adults, but they don't know a lot about social media. Mm -mm. Um, how do we just equip people with general strategies that will work across the board that isn't going to matter if in two months time there's a new app out that is amazing, they're still going to be able to use them. Mm. Yeah. Touching on TikTok and being old, <laughs> my wife and I, sat on the edge of our bed googling literally how to use tiktok <laughs> <laughs> because we thought we had no idea we thought this is so like see i don't feel like i'm old like i don't really feel like i look very old we're like, old josh i know mm. this is one of the realizations that i had i was like i'm old because i thought that tiktok had like <laughs> i know this story that's why i'm pretty laughing right, i'll look at you then <laughs> I thought that TikTok had like like a little image on the screen that did the dance moves and then you oh, copied it, right? Oh, no. So then it was like this sort of, yeah, thanks. Sorry. That's such a patronizing. No, Sorry. It's fine. It's totally fine. But yeah, so there was this rolling sort of realization. So one is that it wasn't like that. So that was number one. Then it was the appreciation for the people that do the dances because they learn them and then film them. Mm. And then starting to sort of, we tried to do a few, like no dancing. We just tried to make some funny videos and stuff with the kids. Um, and and then the appreciation of how complex it was to put them all together. Mm. So nothing to do with like cyberbullying and things like that, but a point to the concept of like how fast social media and um, technology moves past us. Because I thought I was like pretty handy with a lot of things and like, fairly up-to-date, super not up-to-date. And like you've mentioned, there's social media apps and things that kids use to like buy and sell drugs and mm. stuff like that. And you named a few of them. And mm. I think our friend Sarah named a few of them. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I, would, I didn't even know that until today that there was apps like that. That's That's wild. the intention of the apps. That's definitely what they use them for. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're they're like smart a WhatsApp that way. style, but <laughs> yeah. smaller scale. And I yeah. think that it's just become popular for the kids for the kids to use the kids. <laughs> so you showed your age the youth? Uh. i think the other thing that i i guess is a reflection is as adults 
I think the realisation that we are out of touch with our connection to social media. So if I'm going to use Josh as an example again because it's hilarious. He didn't even <laughs> share the story I was laughing about. Um, but you remember I, I, I was at nice video that you did last night and you were like, shit, is that online? Oh, yeah. I thought that was just like a private saved one. I didn't realise that was like oh, on no. TikTok now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even for me, wow. I was like, oh, shit, I I've got no idea how to use it as well. So even as um, the, uh, I don't even want to say I'm the older generation, I'm 30 yet, but for me to even be talking to my young people that I work with around an app that I don't I can't even wrap my mind around yet mm. so how do you teach someone how to be safe on an app that mm. I don't even know how to be safe on that app so it is a really convoluted constantly developing thing yeah. I guess and the older we get the less in touch will be it's a pretty funny story have either of you watched Shit's Creek yeah no it's on my list though it's the next one up after how to get away with murder it's okay. the next one up the best <laughs> so there's a there's a part in Shit's Creek where one character uh, sort of dances to um, uh, Tina Turner's. Uh, oh God, it's like oh. her most famous song. I'm killing the story. Yeah, I haven't got anything. I'm sorry. I want to say something, but I know it's not going to be. This is great. Uh, this is great. Is the dancing helping, or is it? Podcasting. Do you want some thinking music? Simply the best. There it is. I was oh, going to say that and then the I just... I've done the maniac dance. Sorry. That's okay. Anyway, <laughs> one character sings to the other character, like dances while that song's in the background and I recorded the same, like as a video, like sort mm. of um, like a, a mm. takeoff of that and send it to my wife, like not inappropriate or anything, um, <laughs> but just like it was only meant to be for Hope her. Hope online. <laughs> yeah. And I accidentally uploaded it so that everybody could see it and I had like a number oh. of likes on it and it's like not a very good video or anything, but I was like, who are these people? <laughs> the best you were like, is that how many views it's had? Yeah. It was bizarre, but it's actually a really good example. You're right. Mm. It's a really good example of, and this is probably something you guys cover of, you, when you, you, you mistakenly put something online and the spread that it can have, mm. you know, through that web of, of the internet. And literally, once it is on, online, it's, it's out there forever. Mm. Is that, that's probably something you guys cover. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, especially in like the topics that we talk about, we do hint on like uh, sexually explicit photos and yeah. sending nudes. We put it out there. Students always like, oh, they're, they're saying that to me. They've just said the word nude. Mm. Um, hmm. But I think that's like one of the most extreme examples of what we say, like is once it's out there, it's out there and it's horrible. And we're never going to say that it's making anyone dirty or trashy, but you know, it is the online world and things live on. Mm. Um, it is something that I think a lot of people just don't realize. And it's all those little sneaky parts of apps that are actually free for anyone to see, like on Instagram, your profile might be private, but your whole bio is open. Mm. People can see that no matter what. So if people are putting things in there and not realizing people can see it or uh, uploading something, realizing later that maybe I shouldn't have said that, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And then once you've deleted it, someone screenshot it. It's just, it's, we always say, take your time before you post anything. Make sure you know what you're posting. You understand where you're coming from. Don't post when you're angry. It is one of the most common things I think people do. I get super tempted to do it. But when you're angry, just take a minute, take a day, however long you need before you post, because that comment will be there. And um, now that I'm old i will say that my facebook memories pop up but, uh, and i have had to delete so many facebook memories that have popped up because i think why did i say that why was i letting everyone know every 10 minutes what i was doing that day no one mm. cared um but i thought they did and just the comments the words you use that you slowly learn aren't okay to use and things like that and just constantly deleting them and it's just like with this generation growing up online, it's learning that you actually have the step to not put that out there in the first place. It's a really big thing to remember. Mm. 
Absolutely. How are the students engaging you when you're starting to have these conversations? Do they buy into the idea of that, you know, you should take your time and be thoughtful about what you put out in the world? Depends on the crowd. As yeah. you as you said earlier, um, you, do, you really get whatever you get. It is a lottery every time you walk into a school, which is something I love, but also something that is very nerve-wracking. Mm. I think I always make the joke when I make that comment of like, when I see something that annoys me online, I get super tempted to like grab a coffee, a biscuit, crack my knuckles, write a 3000 word essay with citations and like links to things that why it's wrong. Yeah. And I always like make that joke and there's a few students that will like go, yep, that's me. I'm that person that writes a 300 page essay. And then there's some students that are like, no, yeah, whatever. Like I would never do that or just say what I want. And then, yeah, I always say to them, I'm like, well, you know, actually think about what you're saying. Are you going to turn around one day and realize you've said something that you've regretted? And then they slowly start to realize like, oh, you know, maybe it's not just talking about exactly what I'm posting. If I'm posting a photo of myself or a status, mm. it's about every interaction that you make online. Um, so that always like changes their opinion. But yeah, again, it really, de- some students turn around and look at me and they're like, I already know this. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to tell you again. Um, Consistency <laughs> so, is key. Exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, it's always interesting the things that come out of students' mouths, but usually they're pretty receptive um depending (laughs) are your groups big or small because i can imagine talking about bullying and things like that would be confronting for someone who's being bullied or even for someone who is a bully that Mm -hmm. would be i would think that that would be confronting because there'd be an element of i'm about to be called out or something's going to happen how how like big are the groups are they concentrated or is it like big numbers and do, do you feel that um I mean, like, how do you, sorry, what I'm trying to say is how do you create, like, a safe place for them Mm. to feel like they can be like, yeah, okay, that is me. I do, you know, I am the one that writes the (laughs) three-word responses or whatever it might be. I think there's a lot of techniques that we use. Um, Our group sizes vary massively. The biggest group I've ever worked with was about 350 uh, students and teachers. Yeah, it was... (laughs) It was also part of Digital Ambassadors, which was a program we run last year and hopefully we'll be starting up again soon with Facebook and Instagram. So I also had um, those on my back to worry about as I'm standing up in front of 350 people in Aubrey talking about don't be a bully. Um, And so that was probably the biggest group I've ever worked with, but it does vary on a day-to-day to to be like 100, 150 to we can work with a group of 20. Um, The smallest we do is about 15 to 20. Mm. So it really depends. I think there are, like I said, there's a lot of strategies in how we actually get students. We always try to avoid disclosure Mm -hmm. purely because we're not trained. We're not counsellors. We're not professionals. We're just young people. Mm. And often the second a young person walks in, the student thinks, I can trust you. You're a young person. I want to tell you. And we would love to be that for them. But if they do come up to us in breaks and let us know things, we do always recommend they seek help. We let the teacher know. Um, but overall, kind of the way we avoid it is if someone is going to stand up and say something in the crowd, you can often kind of vibe what they're about to say. And if they mm. begin to disclose, we'll usually say, hey, we love what you want to say, but we're not going to use any you know, real life examples. We're going to keep it pretty general. Or we do you know, little fun activities to actually draw them to realise that they're actually saying what they've done or admitting it. So we do something called Have You Ever, where they kind of get up and run around and then all of a sudden they turn around and they go, oh, I just admitted that. I've called someone a bad name before and they don't even realise. So not in a way that we ever want to deceive students, but we actually participate in it as well so that they can turn around and we can say, yeah, actually I run for that as well. I can fully admit that I've done that. And, you know, we are going to make mistakes. We're all human. 
So there's a lot of techniques that we use to get them. But um, I have been to a few schools. One of the most amazing experiences I had was I went to a school, ran a workshop, and I had one student that just kept putting his hand up, making the most amazing comments and really insightful and incredible. And I was like, this student is just like the best student I've ever had. And I walked up to the teacher at the end and they're like, do you know that student that was making all those comments and like really getting into the conversation about how to stop bullying and how to take care of each other? And I was like, yeah, they're, they're amazing. Are they always like that? And they turned around and they're like, that's the school bully. <gasps> and I was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. And they're like, that is the student that is often the one that gets, you know, in trouble is the one that will call another students. And they're like, I think it really hit a nerve with them. They've realized what they're doing and now wow. they're working towards that. And I think it was like, the most surprising thing I've ever had. And we've had that quite a few times now where they're like, those students are the ones that bully people, but they're the ones that are aiding the conversation and adding to it and talking about these things. So um, yeah, it's pretty incredible when you get those. That's really exciting. It's that would cool. be really cool. I might be stoked with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what you want. Yeah. Is it at some point there to be a realisation that they're connecting what's going on for themselves as the bully probably outside of school or with their own identity or their confidence because if you didn't allow for that realization to occur you'd be kind of accepting that that bully or bullies wherever you find them are sort of inherently bad people they're just Mm. being nasty for Mm. no reason where there's almost always i think is what we find through high school probably is the most common is that there's something going on there's some sort of identity crisis or confidence sort of issue Mm. You know, I think probably some other things that you've sort of uncovered, but, you know, like that's that's such a cool outcome and I think that it's probably showing that that the the person who is doing the bullying is, is able to kind of read a little more into themselves, see what's going on in the background. Mm. Yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty incredible and I think, um, yeah, getting them to really think about what's going on. I also had an amazing student comment the other day in a webinar saying like if I saw someone getting bullied I'd want to ask the person that was doing the bullying if they were okay Mm. because maybe something's going on and I was like wow I think it was like a grade five six student as well so quite young very empathetic but I think the thing that we always talk about as well we talk about bullying is that it's bullying behavior we never call someone a bully we never call someone a victim Mm. Um, it's bullying behavior because you never want to label someone, I think, um, through studying and things like that at uni, studied psychology and studying juvenile justice and things, you learn that labeling theory is a huge thing. When you label someone something so repeatedly, they're going to fit that mold eventually. Mm. Um, so we always try and remove the behavior from students and remove the effects from students so that they can look at it from an outside perspective and think, okay, maybe I did make mistakes, but that's not me. I'm not that human. I'm going to change. So it's a really good way to look at it. That is a really good way to look at it. And I've just realised that I said it about a thousand times. <laughs> but you're right, because I think how many times do young people get pigeonholed for a specific thing, whether it's naughty behaviour or whatever that might be. Mm. And you're right, that it is a huge thing that we... And I even... That's something that I try to be conscious of specifically. I did a training recently where they talked about reframing language and the importance of that and to not call... The training I did was in relation to family violence, but to not call... Fam- them family violence victims to call them survivors because mm. why do we want them to continuously have a victim mentality when they've actually survived so much let's build them up you know let's have that mm. resilience sort of stuff behind what we're doing um but very funny that i can be not funny but interesting as a worker professionally that i can be really conscious around using the right words in certain things but something that you know a lot of my young people aren't engaged in education so to call someone a bully just for me wasn't a conscious thought to call it bullying behavior 
which is interesting. I think it just goes to show we're always learning. Mm. I mean, I definitely use that term as well. I said it multiple times. I kind <laughs> of like, I did hint to that, like being like, they're the, the school bullies. But um, yeah, we do often try and um, like teachers will say it and we're like, oh, okay. Like, but you know, it's bullying behavior at the end mm. of the day. Like what's going on with that student? Are we checking in with them? Maybe, um, you know, and, and I, I think often you think back on times when you've said something that you've regretted or done something that you've regretted and there's always something behind it. You're always angry or something's happened or they've hit a nerve and it's your instant reaction to do or say something. And then, you know, you think back on it and you go, oh, why'd I do that? And if it just becomes a pattern for students and no one's actually saying, hey, like what you're doing is harmful or, you know, that behavior is actually affecting me in this way. They're mm. never going to get that idea that oh, that's actually not me as a human. This is what I'm doing and mm. I'm not realising. So, And I think it's something people realise later in life, like as you, you know, going through your development years and you can reflect, like even for me, I grew up in a really small town um, and was definitely bullied at school, but as an adult have spent time with, with that person who we've actually had the conversation of, what you did back then actually really hurt me for X, Y, and Z. And they were like, I had no fucking idea that that's mm. how you felt. And I'm so sorry. So I think it's also awesome that that's something younger people are not realizing in their twenties. Now it's something that these workshops allow them to realize in the moment and in the time when it's happening. And then change can happen sooner rather than, you know, having a realization in your twenties and being like, Oh, I probably shouldn't have behaved like that in school or I shouldn't have done that thing in school but then it doesn't really go anywhere. Whereas if you're sort of hitting the nail on the head at the time at school, it allows for change and it would allow for older students to role model behavior for younger students as well. That's awesome. Hmm. It's really good. Oh, I was just gonna ask, I think it's really cool that you have the Project Rocket have a really strong presence on social media, speaking about cyberbullying <laughs> and, and the constantly evolving um, social medias, but um, it's really cool because you guys have quite a presence um, and specifically your Instagram that I was stalking today. Got a blue tick. Verified. Yeah. Legit. I think we did. You do. Legit. Possibly maybe on Twitter as well. I don't oh, know I don't how it all Twitter. works, but, but neither do I. I saw I, the blue but, tick and yeah. I was like, oh, look, I've got some bloody famous people coming on today. Yeah, pretty yeah. impressive. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a small fish in the big pond, so um, <laughs> the pond of Project Rocket is great. We're, we're great. <laughs> yeah. Got the blue tick. Um what I was going to say is um, I like that even your stories, so even today, the story was trivia. Yep. It's interactive. I'm pretty proud of myself because I got them all right and I, I suck at trivia. <laughs> um, but the the little things that are sort of like intricate, I guess you could say, online. It's not that you guys are just posting pictures and saying like, I don't like doing campaigns or just uploading pictures of each other about presenters. Like there was one about like, which presenter are you? And it had people's <laughs> different personalities and, you know, that this person loves outdoors and that person likes to go to the gym. And I think it's really cool that it's, there's the intricate details that give you the raw authentic of, you know, this is us. This isn't just, you know, the rose colored glasses of Instagram, for example, but also that the stories are interactive and they allow young people to engage and to sort of cross that barrier on social media as well mm. do you have many people reach out on social media around support like is that a big platform for you guys in getting out and about in schools or um it is a pr it's a pretty big platform I think mm. obviously because young people are online and a big thing with our workshops is that students always want follow-on they always mm. want like more not saying that we're that amazing but oh, we are yeah. um <laughs> but we do we did a recent survey and they all said they wanted more um <laughs> and I would agree because I think we're great but 
a big thing is like actually being young people like our whole shtick I don't want to call it that because I feel like that sounds old but our whole thing is that we're young people we're not you're five yeah (laughs) vibe 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 our vibe I don't know if vibe's cool anymore but whatever I say words constant I I did get called out in a webinar the other day for saying um I think in one of the webinar videos I was like hey that's not cool and a student said no one says that anymore. Um, so shut the fuck up. No. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think they were like, that's not cool. Yeah, they're like, that's not cool. No one uses that anymore. You say like, I don't know what it was, but oh, some gosh. of the shit they come out with, I'm like, yeah. what's poggers? And I'm like Googling away at like all these words. Urban they dictionary. Like, oh, it I saved my life. Saved my life. Um, but yeah, our social media presence is a really big one for us. And we used to have individual presenter Instagrams as well that we would run by ourselves. This year we've changed that and just made it one big general Instagram. But we do often get students reach out. We really encourage them because in a lot of our workshops, we share real stories from real students that have actually had workshops with us. Mm. And we always encourage if they do have a story that they're willing to share, that they would like other students to hear, to send it in. It's always anonymous. Um, but we do have a lot of times where students might reach out on social media for support. It is really hard because, again, we're not trained to deliver support and it can be really tough. Um, I had a student reach out on my individual Instagram last year to me with a really big story about what had happened to them when they were at school and with their parents and their bullying. And it was a lot for me to take on. I, I'm you know, not trained to handle that. And I just am lucky enough to have the support of amazing CEOs and they wrote back the most incredible reply, gave it to this student and she was really thankful for that. And I said, you know, reach out for some more support. I really encourage it. You know, this reaching out even to me is enough of, you know, you're telling your story, you're clearly moving past it already, but it's incredible. So we do use it to engage young people. We don't always support reaching out through that um, because we're going to give you, I guess in a way we do because we're going to give you the tools that you would not often get or look for or immediately Google. Mm. So that's a good side of it. But um, yeah, I always love our our Instagram and the Trivia Tuesday is a new one. That's new this year. Um, one of my co-workers, Amal and Tinky, they work on that and they're incredible. I did terribly in the last couple of weeks because um, <laughs> I don't get the inside scoop. No one tells me what the answers are. Um, and yeah, it's just really incredible. Like we, you know, try and do some more Instagram lives and things. I've done one. I did my first one a couple of weeks ago. It was terrifying. The only, I did not realize that when you do an Instagram live, again, showing my age, um, when you do an Instagram live and you like save it into your IGTV or whatever it's called, it automatically uploads like a tile, little like clip of the start of the video. So there is just like a 10 second clip of me just like, like on the laptop trying to figure out how to use Instagram live and that's it that's the trailer um I like furiously messaged our social media person and was like please change it and they're like it's out there and I was like no so embarrassing workshop though yeah it's yeah it's terrible um but yeah it's it's a great thing to have on Mm. social media but we did that on a Facebook live once and we recorded it like I don't even remember what we were talking about and it was pre-COVID yeah um, but I remember us both being like, is it recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can they see us? <laughs> it's the same thing that pops up. And every terrible. time I see it, I'm mortified showing our we age. We probably delete it. that, I reckon. Got some better content since then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It was good quality. It's real. Maybe. It's real life. Mm. Oh, that's funny. I was just going to say, you mentioned before we started talking, and I'm really keen to hear <laughs> about this. You mentioned your passion um, with the youth justice system and mm-hmm. about ch- changes that you would ideally think could be implemented in the youth justice <laughs> system. Can you tell us a bit about that? Is social justice something that is you're really passionate about or is it 
youth justice specifically or yeah tell us I think um yeah youth justice as a whole but particularly students that are at risk or young people that are at risk or young people that have been incarcerated mm. something that I'm really big on wanting to work on and wanting to help out in the system um one of the most amazing things was when I went for this job at Project Rocket it actually popped up on Instagram and popped up on Facebook and I went for it and I spoke in my interview with my CEO about how that's what I wanted to do as a job and she was so incredibly like, yeah, let's get it done. Like start here and let's do it. Like that's a huge goal, but like you got to start somewhere. And um, yeah, it's just an incredible passion for me. I think I saw a few people when I was younger that went through the system and some that didn't survive, some that survived, but I would say barely, they're not mm -hmm. the same person they were. And I think a huge change towards rehabilitation needs to happen rather than labeling. Mm. Um, I'm a huge, you know, when you look at the rates of recidivism and they're so high and you're thinking clearly we're not, what we're doing is not working. And as cliched as it is, young people are the future. And if we're going to continue to treat them the way that we are currently, we're never going to get great students. And, you know, they all have the potential to be great and to be amazing. They just need that person that turns around and tells them like, Hey, get your shit together like you want to live this life let's do it let's get it going so it's just a huge passion of mine to just yeah work with those students and allow them to have the life that they deserve I was so lucky that I got to have a very easy childhood a very easy life I got to go to the schools that were amazing and have amazing friends and then when you see people that don't get that you just think like you gotta do something about that it's not fair mm. and do you think that stems in schools I think a lot of it is in schools. Yeah. I think there is a lot more that can be done in, in terms of being and fostering more. Like, I think a lot of schools do foster a lot of amazing support for students, but I think there can always be more. Mm. I think there are a lot of students that often get forgotten or labelled or pushed aside. And I think it's just about actually engaging those students, getting them into programs and actually getting them to realise that what they're doing is going to be harmful. Mm. And... Yeah, I think schools are a huge part, but also just in general, I think the way that Australia looks at our justice system, looks at young people, looks at, you know, young people that have been in the system is not great. And we need to change that attitude to realise that, like, if you want them to continue to be in the system, keep treating them like that. If you yeah. want them to actually become really amazing functioning members of society, like they have the ability to be, we need to be using rehabilitation. We need to be fostering those things inside them that are going to get them out of those holes. So. Oh. I think it's yeah absolutely i <laughs> i agree mm. no i was gonna ask uh you touched on you know that your first job was at um priceline mm -hmm. and you clearly have a passion for working with young people and, and are doing that with project rocket what led your what led you down the path of working for young with young people was there a, an aha moment something in your, in your sort of childhood that sort of made you think about working in this field I don't know if that was exactly an aha moment. Um, there, well, I guess there kind of was. There was when I was younger. I'm not going to get too deep, but kind of deep here. Um, <laughs> when you're comfortable. <laughs> when I was younger, um, when I started in year seven, there was a guy who used to catch my bus and my brother coached him in basketball. And he was that student that everyone was scared of, him and his friend. They kind of had that rep as like the bullies, the mean guys, the kids that would pick on you. And um, my brother one of my brothers who was coaching him kind of saw the side of that student that was like, you know what, you're actually hurting and you're, you know, also in turn getting bullied for things that you don't even realise and kind of took him under his ring and really just supported this student. And I remember my first day on the bus in year seven, he walked up to the window and I was so scared and he knew my mum and he looked at my mum and he said, if anyone fucks with that kid, 
I will deal with it. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And he's like, obviously I'm not going to do anything bad. But he was like, I will be looking out for, you know, it's little sister of Michael. I will be looking out for her. She will always be safe when I'm around. And I just thought, amazing, this student Mm. is, you know, um, and he was in the foster system. He was actually being fostered by a teacher at my school and was having, you know, love, loving family, really supportive in there. Uh, then in one day he got given the option to go into self-care and be in his own housing. Yeah. Um, I think it was group housing and he chose to go there. And I still remember one day I was at my cousin's house and we got my, one of my cousins is a policeman and he called my brother to be like, hey, so-and-so is missing. Do you know where he is? And I remember everyone being like, no, we haven't heard from him. Um, it was kind of like we we're searching out, trying to find where this student had gone, what happened to him. And we found out about 24 hours later that he had stolen a car and he died. He had an accident and he passed mm-hmm. away. And I remember my brother being so distraught and heartbroken. And I remember my mum telling me about going to the funeral and seeing this other kid that was just the toughest kid in school break down, yeah. completely lost it. He lost his best friend, lost his everything. And I think that day hearing that was like, why did this happen? Like, why? This this person had everything in front of them and we gave him the op- we gave him the option to not have that. Like, it just, to me, should have been handled so much better. Mm. And I think even other smaller things that happened after that, another, my other brother, one of his friends, made a really silly decision one night with alcohol, got in the friend's car, got into an accident, and he survived, but his friend didn't. And he ran away and he did jail time for it and he came out and he was never the same again. Yeah. He changed completely. And I remember growing up with that person and they were just the loveliest human. They were the most amazing, loving, caring person. And then to hear that they aren't that person anymore and like my brother's like, I never see him. When I see him, he's so cut off. And I remember like as a young person seeing that happen to the people around me and seeing the effect it had on the people that I loved, I was like, mm why are we doing like why are we doing this why are we continually letting these things happen like obviously they've both made mistakes like I'm not going to say that what they did was amazing but we have the ability to turn that around and they have the ability to turn around but we're not giving it to them so I think those were the two sort of moments that sat with me that I was like you know what something's got to give something's got to change and maybe I'll be the person to do it yeah absolutely and you're right I think there's a lot of decisions or um actions or behaviors that young people engage with you know I think of some of the shit that I did when I was younger it was stupid but you know I'm lucky enough that I had good support systems around me you know and I get to do the work I do and probably quite similar to you is is why I do the work that we do um but yeah you're right there's like there's a I think there's a there's a missing piece somewhere at some point um that could be implemented but I think project rocket is hitting the nail on the head there because that's not something I don't know about you Josh but that's not something that we had when I was in school we didn't have I, there was the sex ed chat and mm. the don't do drugs chat you'll die yeah but outside <laughs> of that I don't remember no and I think and I, I was actually reflecting on this leading up to today because it's a it's a modern problem mm. like it's you know uh I remember I think I got my first mobile phone and I would have been in like maybe year nine. And that's when we're talking, hold the button down for like three <laughs> seconds to get to C, click it again for A, click it down for T. And it was, you know, we're talking credit. It was literally like 
30 cents to send a your text. Your 40 metre long um, receipt for your credit. Yeah. <laughs> with like the 38 letter code that you yeah. can enter. Yeah. And a text message had whatever it was, 138 characters mm. and you would, mm-hmm. and it would show you on the screen and you knew that if you went over that That's it would charge texts. you twice. Yeah. So you're either, I'm going to try and get this into one text yeah. or I'm just going to go for gold and I'll send two, you know, like this, like it was the first time, but that's when I think uh, the concept or the ability that married up with probably the first online thing that I had access to was MSN Messenger. Oh, yeah, yes. I forgot about MSN. MSN Messenger. BRB. Great. Um, BRB, that's right. Um, <laughs> Gotta go, mum wants to use the phone. 100%. 100%. So there was that in MySpace. And, you know, um, and I think that we didn't know what we were doing. Mm. Um I, and it was, yeah, it's hard for me to reflect on this, but I remember sending um, the most horrible text message to this girl in my class. Um, it was bullying. I bullied her, mm. you know, with this text message. And it's something that it's been resolved between us. It was, re- it was actually resolved when uh, Reach came and did something at our school, I think in year 11 or 12. And super emotional. I can't remember how they got us going, but like people were crying and apologizing <laughs> for things, and we were like having deep and meaningful. It was awesome, it. and that got resolved. I'm not crying; got a hair in my eye. Mm-hmm. Um, that got resolved <laughs> in, in that space. I remember like me talking to this girl, but I remember sending her a text message that was like horrible. It was like it was bullying. It was a bullying text message that I sent her, and I remember I remember it vividly. I remember showing my friend sitting next to me, another guy going, "Hi, isn't this funny?" Mm. And then sending it to her in the same classroom, and then sort of having her be upset mm. horrible horrible mm. thing but i guess what i'm trying to say is is obviously that yeah that's not a, a good thing but that we didn't know what we were doing and i think we didn't know the power of what we now know is kind of like the keyboard warrior or the mm. the shield that is put in front of you whether it be a phone screen a computer screen that you can contact people now and say whatever you want and very um very uh, is there very unlikely to be a consequence for that because you either don't know who they are and then they're on the other side of the world mm. or um, you can portray enough of a front using that device that you, you, you put yourself above that other person when you see them at school or when you see them at work or when you see them at basketball training that you've already done enough to intimidate them mm. because you can't or you, you don't do it in person. Well, and that's the other thing I was going to say a lot of the time there's some things written on social media or in text that it's like, would you say that to their face? Mm. Probably not. Probably not. But there's like a, you're right, there's the shield that almost makes people like, it's like people feel safe to write it because yeah. they've got this invisible yeah. sort of shield around them. But I'd, I would guarantee that there would be a lot of comments that young people or anybody, you know, some of the adults that I see post shit sometimes, I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> um, but there's there's a lot of things that people just wouldn't say to your face if it if mm. that it came down to it. it's easier to say, or, you know, how many times, sorry, it's easier for me to put this in a text. I didn't mm. know how to say this in person mm. or, you know, and sometimes that might be something nice, but unfortunately more often than not, it's, it's not nice. Mm. Yeah, I think a really big thing that we say, and it's, it's so true exactly what you said, that um, it's so much easier online to hate and to say things that you wouldn't say to someone in person but then on the flip side we always say if it's easier to hate online it's easier to stand up online then because Mm. that same power that you're using to actually say something nasty because they don't know who you are or you have a screen in between you you can log off after you've said it you won't see what they say you can block them 
that should be that same power that we're encouraging young people and people of all ages that are mm. using social media. It's that same power that should encourage you to actually say something in that moment yeah. because that same power they're using to bully people online is the same power you can use to actually combat that bullying by choosing to stand up and say something because mm. they're not standing in front of you or taking that time to think of a really well-versed response and sending that because you have time. It's not in the moment. You have you know, endless amount of time to reply to someone. And I think that's like the really important thing is as anyone using social media is to remember that you might think, oh, they're only saying this because they're behind a computer screen. Mm. And it's like, well, what's stopping you from saying something then? Because you're also behind a computer screen. You know, that anonymity doesn't have to only count for hate. It mm. can also count for standing up. So it's really two-sided, but people forget point. that. That's a really good point. I'm yeah. just the like quiet psychopath that will just report all your comments. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> like, no, I love you, the report you. button. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. that something that you teach young people? Because for me, I feel like that report button or the convoluted way to, to get support online, not only for social media, but for like heaps of stuff, mm. is really, really frustrating. Uh, is there some teachings around how to report things online through social media? And do you cover that? Yeah, we definitely do. We say like the base two, I think we would say is like blocking and reporting. Obviously, blocking's incredible. You don't see them. They don't see you. And especially if it's a friend, a lot of the time it can be friends online that are saying negative stuff. If you're blocking them, it's letting them know that you're not hearing it. You don't want to pay attention to it. It's something that you don't need to hear. And then once you've spoken to them, you can unblock them later, which is great. But reporting is something we also really encourage because that's also, it's anonymous. Mm -hmm. No one ever knows that you've reported someone. No one knows that you've sent in that request. And mm -hmm. Often or not, it can actually be really fast depending on what program um, or platform you're on. I remember sitting at a school once in a break in between a session. We were there all day, I think. And I was with my co-presenter and I went onto my personal Instagram and I checked my messages and I had just this like spam message from an account I'd never seen before. It was saying like some pretty horrible stuff that clearly wasn't even directed at me. It was just something that they'd press send and sent it to hundreds of people. Yeah. And in that moment, I reported the account. It was like fake account. It's not real. It's sending spam sent it off and within I think it was seven minutes I'd gotten the thing back from Instagram to say it had been deleted and taken down and they'd you know approved the report and I remember in that day like going through that tip with the group that I had next and I said to them like I literally got something taken down in seven minutes that mm. shouldn't have been online and you know because it is anonymous no one's ever going to turn around and say it was you that did it you know mm. it's so important to use just those basic tools because a lot of the time the stuff that we're seeing does go against community guidelines and I think when you report them even if it gets reported multiple times, it's slowly going to show that social media platform that these are things that people don't want to be seeing or this is constant behaviour that's happening and really then realise what's going on and start targeting behaviours to stop that. Mm. So it's really Which important. Which is good that it's anonymous. I didn't actually I, – I do now, but initially when you could report things, I actually thought that it told the person <laughs> who was reporting it. Um, it took me a while to figure out that that's not how it occurs. But, again, getting old, so it's me. <laughs> What is, um, so you mentioned you did the webinars during COVID and obviously mm -hmm. things were a little bit different. We're getting back to normal, mm. I believe. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Fingers school, crossed. School year 2021 looks like things will be fairly normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's what's in the works for you guys? It, going from the virtual world into the, back to the real world? Because I think something that's really interesting, I can't remember who I was having this conversation with. I swear it was you, but maybe not. Um <laughs> But it was around, sorry, I was pointing at Josh then, by the way. Um, <laughs> it was around getting people back into the gym for their classes has actually been really hard because they started doing virtual classes and people don't want to 
come back in. They want to be like, oh, well, I can do it from home now, though. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sort of, I think we've all learned a lot. And I think it's probably taught people a lot of things around different avenues to deliver stuff. But mm. um, what's the plan in getting back to real world for Project Rocket? Um, we are actually pretty lucky. One, we're keeping the online webinars. We realised that they were a great offering. They've been doing really well. And they also mean that we can reach parts of Australia. And we actually did a couple international. Wow. Um, so That's I got cool. to speak to some students in Singapore, which was one of the most incredible experiences ever. That's so um, cool. So we realised that they're actually a really good offering for schools that maybe don't have the budget to have us out or in regional areas that are too hard to get to sometimes. Mm. Um, so that's incredible. But we've got an amazing around amount of schools that actually have us every year they love having us they love the approach um so we've actually got some schools booked in for next year already i'm very excited to get back to it and i think um a thing for schools that i'm noticing as well now is and noticed at the start of covid was that once students were online so much they were realizing how much more these things were going on and how easier it was to happen and that this is going to continue when they're back in school Mm. and i think our approach our webinars are incredible but the best approach we have is being face-to-face with the student and talking to them and understanding where they're coming from, reading the room and having those real conversations, those things that happen. Um, so, yeah, we're actually going to be heading back out into schools. I mean, incredibly excited. Mm. I have missed being around students. It's even the funny stuff they say, um, to speaking about being old, I had a student one time in a conversation turn around and go, I don't know what it was like when you were in school, <laughs> but it's a little different now. And I was like, ouch I'm 24 I'm not that old like oh um but I'm just yeah I'm even more excited and I'm hoping that they're (laughs) sorry I'm just laughing because I'm just like I wouldn't be able to deal with it I'd just be like I wouldn't be rude but you want to bite back right like you want to just be like you know what mates listen (laughs) to this like I'm pretty sure I just laughed I was like "Uh, um like it it wasn't that long ago but um pull up Exactly. And I think like the, the topic that we were talking about was a very intense topic too. But I was like, I'm sorry, mate, I go to schools every day and I hear this happen all the time. Um, and he was kind of like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm not just saying this from when I was at school. Like I work in schools now. I feel like that counts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, in, it's incredibly exciting to be able to get back into schools. And I think hopefully, given that they've been online for so long, that they're just like really going to want those people in their schools, like those new people to talk to, the fun activities to get up and get about and have these conversations. I'm just hoping that's like, yeah, it's going to be a really good start to the year and we'll get back going again. Mm. And you're right, it is exciting. Like I think the minute we were allowed to go out and see clients again, I was like, humans! And it is really <laughs> exciting, bloody exhausting, getting back into it. I don't think you realise how much energy goes into not just coming to work. I was going to say going to work, but not just going <laughs> to work, but like attending your meetings, seeing your clients, meeting your deadlines, your, all that sort of stuff that you've got to do. But you just can't be genuine human connection in person. There's just something about, like you said before, like you've got nonverbal, you know, body language and cues and the conversation there's just something like I think the virtual world was great and I think we had to adapt because of you know what happened and I think people did phenomenal things in that space but you just can't replicate meeting with somebody in person or chatting Mm. to them in person and having a genuine conversation even just being in a room with someone like I think Josh and I have spoken before we went months without seeing each other and just worked in the same room like we're working but just the concept of sharing an office with somebody obviously social distanced and all of the appropriate things but (laughs) it's actually it's a it's a 
I don't know how to describe it. You just yeah. can't beat it. There's something about even just being in other humans' presences and not being isolated and, you know, you can be autonomous in a role as much as you want, but um, you just can't beat human connection and being supported by a team. So I think that'll be really exciting for you to get back into schools because I know how exciting it was for me. Mm. So I'm excited for you. I'm really excited. I think it's like I'm such a person that goes off the energy and mm. I'm like when I'm in a school and the school is like giving me everything, like – you'll see me singing, you'll see me dancing. I'll be like up and down the aisles. I always like when I'm picking students for things and stuff and I'm up and down the aisles, I'm always like, oh, I'm kind of Ellen DeGenerasing it. Like I'll be like oh, dancing. Nice. I've got the mic and I'm like picking people out left, right and center. Um, and I just really get into it. I think like the best times when I have those moments that are like, I'll say something in the corner and I'm like, oh, I just said that. And like one student hears and they're kind of like, I heard that. I'm like, yeah. oh, whoops. Um, and those just moments of like, when you trip over or you say something oh, wrong cool. or um, I almost called myself one of my presenters, the other presenter's name by accident. And then I caught myself in the middle of it. And then that was all the students went on about for the rest of the, the day. But I think the second that I did that, they were like, oh, you're a human. Like, you're yeah. not going to come in here and tell me that I'm a bully and I'm going to have a terrible life. Like mm. you're very real. And it's just like those moments that you don't get online. And I'm just, I'm so excited to get back out there and just have the music pumping, mm. talking to students vibing everything have a microphone and never thought I would love having a microphone and standing in front of people like you said earlier could not imagine talking in front of students neither could I and every single day I go to work and I shit my pants about how scary it is Mm. and then I get up in front of the thing and I do my first like yell into the microphone because I don't realize how loud it is (laughs) and then I'm like okay we're good like the we are all on the same level now you have seen me repeatedly do things wrong Mm. we're good so it's gonna be really exciting yeah can't wait do you preempt COVID having like COVID and virtual world for school? Like I think of year 12s this year. Mm. Fuck that. Like mm. I don't know. Yeah, some people would be stoked. I think that they've got to sit at home, but I think there's people that really, you know, this is ruined of, their VCE, you know. It's a rite of passage. passage. Yeah. 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 Do you preempt there will be sort of significant, um, what would you call it? Like, impact? Yeah, impact from COVID that you'll be able to sort of, work within schools or are you guys not too phased about I guess the COVID virtual world I think um not too concerned I think because Mm. the young people are so involved in the online world already it's just like for them it was just an extension of the arm like for a lot of us it was like growing extra arms and figuring it all out don't know where I come up with that analogy from but I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to use it um And I think that part is not as scary going back into the schools because it's going to be the same problems. Mm. I think the only thing that I fear, especially in younger students as well, is um, especially students starting out in school haven't had that face-to-face understanding. You, you know, you don't get that moment where you say something and you see someone get upset and you go, oh, I don't, you don't do that in person. Or oh, I've been so used to saying all this stuff online to someone that like it, it is going to count in person and you say it in person and realise the effect that it's been having. Mm. So I think it's those kind of things of getting back to, and I think it's something that everyone is going to be struggling. I'm struggling with it now. I'm like, how do I interact as a, as a human in the world now when I'm, I got to ask for a coffee and not, you know, like you got to make eye contact, you got to say the right words, you got to not stumble, you can't cough or sneeze or it's all these things that we're relearning. And mm. I think it's just going to be the same for students. It's just relearning how to be a student again in a classroom where there's other people and you can't swing around on your chair or you can't say that to a student that you would have said online because you're actually going to see the repercussions and mm. yeah, a lot of different things. But I think there's not going to be a huge change. I think it's just the same change that everyone's going to be going through coming out into the real world again. Mm. 
after you've said that, I've just had my own little realisation that the people that are going to struggle the most is going to be us anyway, going back to normal. It's not going to be young people that use the internet and socials mm. or the virtual world. It'll be the older the older crew trying to get back to work. And as yeah. you were talking, talking about like relearning how to be social, like my favourite thing is to be able to turn off my camera and like eat my lunch or like <laughs> pull faces at myself. And you can't do that in the real world. So that's an adjustment that I'll have to mm. sort of work on. But I think it'll be the older generation that have learnt to be virtual and getting them back to work that'll be more of the issue and engaging in sort of real-time human things rather than the young people. Yeah. They're probably just stoked to get back with their mates. Yeah. Mm. I love what the program stands for. Um, I can imagine you, you know, spend this time together talking. I can imagine you presenting in a school and, and with a group of people. I think you'd be amazing at it. Yeah. So. Thanks Thank for being a, an awesome representative of the organisation that you work for and um, I guess like championing something that's probably under-resourced or under-supported, you know, like yeah. we, we concentrate a lot on like drugs and alcohol and, and mm. mental health and all those things which are super relevant, but I think what we need to accept is that things like bullying and prejudice are absolutely um, a, a real thing and, mm. abs- and, and the students that you work with are obviously the younger generation but I think um, having such an emphasis on the online space is is great. And let's face it, um, the future is more and more online. Um, and if it's not a problem now, well, it's going to be more of a problem in the future the more that the, the, that life as we live it shifts more and more online. So I think it's awesome. Thanks heaps for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I've had so much fun. Could it's you let everybody know where they can find... Mm. Um, yeah, your project rocket and and all of the resources that that are available to people. Um, yeah, they want to get in contact or, or look up a bit more about the organisation. A hundred percent. Um, you can check us out. We're Project Rocket on basically every social media platform, but that's Rocket, which is with an I T. So R O C K I T, as in rock it, um, as we always say. So Project Rocket, yeah, we've got a YouTube series as well, which is amazing, a partnership with um, YouTube and Google and stay tuned, might be my face online sometime soon that you might be seeing on those platforms. Um, But yeah, Facebook, Instagram are the best places to follow us. Twitter, we have a massive presence as well. Um, We also have a website, which has got a student hub, which has got some incredible resources on there where you can get involved, find out how you can get involved in Project Rocket. We love having young people um, getting involved and reaching out however they can help. We often have students that have a workshop and come and work for us and it's incredible and yeah i guess just look up project rocket mm-hmm. on everything and you'll find us nice i dare you to try and send a bullying comment see how you go with that yeah nice try <laughs> we like the pros <laughs> i wish this was on video because i'm just yeah i'm do. doing like the it's like you walking the, into a studio the sassy like, click. Yo, 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 <laughs> and no one can see me yeah uh the on the spot question on the spot question and i need to like write this down or something because I keep forgetting but okay that's why we've got co-hosts yeah (laughs) if you had any words of wisdom or pieces of advice for either new people in the field wanting to change career direction and I normally say that but also maybe there's young people that listen as well that want to that are intrigued you know have thousands of young people that want to do youth work or something like that Mm -hmm. but if you had any pieces of advice or um, your own little ethos that you'd like to share with people 
I think the most important thing is just getting out there and finding those places. The thing that got me into a lot of youth work was um, volunteering at Rune Youth Services. It was an incredible experience. I owe a lot to my boss from there. He's my mentor now, Brian. He's amazing. I'm sure he'll listen to this. So shout out to Brian for getting me my job and continuing to give me amazing opportunities. Thank you, Brian. Exactly. We need more Brian. A legend. Um, And just continue looking. I think the best thing is to be checking social medias, checking in with your school and just looking for those opportunities. I mean, if I hadn't volunteered at Maroon Youth Services, I probably would never have found Project Rocket. If I wasn't looking at youth things, I would have never found Project Rocket. And now being in Project Rocket, I've found so many more incredible experiences. It's just about looking and searching. And I think another thing to think about as well is every movement starts with one person that is just really, really passionate. And that person could be like, there is nothing stopping you from creating an organization, starting something in your school or being that voice that other people wanna hear. Like if you're passionate about something, guaranteed there are hundreds of people that are passionate about it too you just got to go out and find them so keep searching don't give up and just be as vocal as you want to be it's every little part counts and every little person is important so yeah oh, I love that <laughs> love that yeah and it's so true because how many people are like I'm just one person I'm not going to make a difference mm. but I like that mm-hmm. every social movement started with one person have a look at history that's how it works hmm? thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you too. It was nice to meet you both as well, seeing humans and having fun. Yeah, (laughs) and connecting. It's great. Thanks for listening to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. Please like and share the podcast, invite your friends and colleagues into the group and get in touch if there are any guest speakers you'd like to hear from or any topics you'd like covered. Take care and enjoy your week. (music) 